Welcome to Ability Stories Podcast, where we discuss the successes, challenges, and stories of people with disabilities. I'm your host, Tara Briggs. To contact me, please send an email to abilitystories at gmail.com. Welcome to Ability Stories. I'm Tara Briggs, and my guest today is Jamie Mossy. Jamie, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast because you're the first person that I have had who has thank, a disability. Thank you for having me. Yeah, that's great. Um, you're the first person I've had who has a disability that isn't blind, and I've been wanting to expand the podcast to include all kinds of people with um, different disabilities and different situations and talk about how that works. So, um, and your story is that you were a professional skier and you got a traumatic brain injury um, that you have been working your way back from. So let's just start with you telling me a little bit about what got you into skiing. Awesome. Good question. So I've actually been skiing since I was one. And I grew up doing gymnastics as well. So doing freestyle, I was getting to combine gymnastics and skiing, basically flipping around and spinning on the snow. So it was pretty awesome. And I got up to the level where I was competing internationally. And I got to the level of doing X Games. And I became the first female in the world to do a double backflip, the double flip in general, at the slope style in competition at X Games in 2000. 2013, life was pretty darn good. And then I was in Whistler, Canada on April 2015 at World Tour Finals. I was competing and I got fourth place first run. And now everyone who knows anything about competitions knows if you get fourth, you want to get on that podium. So I upgraded my off-axis backflip to an off-axis double backflip. I caught my tip on landing, I under-rotated, I whiplashed my head into the snow, I started convulsing, and I slipped into a coma. And my life changed. I controlled a lot of the luck in my recovery, and I did a lot of things, like the fact when I was in the hospital, I learned Rosetta Stone in English before I could really talk in English. Like... I failed the first lesson 10 times. So I learned Rosetta Stone in English. I did a hand strength. I tied down my strong hand so my weak hand was working because I had a traumatic, I had, um, yeah. So I had to do a lot of stuff in my recovery to allow me to get back to being an adult again. Tell me about how your family helped you out. Because I remember awesome. when we talked, they were just a, you told me what a big support they were, they've been. Yes. My family was huge support. And so a big thing was my mom, everything I just listed, she, it was her idea to do it. So mm-hmm. she was the person who decided that her daughter was going to learn Rosetta Stone in English again. And she took care of me every day. So when I left, when I was in the hospital, she was in the hospital 
hospital. And then when I left the hospital, I did three hours of outpatient treatment five days a week. And then I would make a joke. I did five hours of my mom's therapy five days a week, too. So she made me do everything. Like, even she, she had the idea of me doing Algebra 1 again. So the kinetic brain fired back and forth. So she was very helpful. And then my sister, Jeannie, was at World Tour Finals with me. She's actually a professional skier as well. And she was supposed to compete the next day, but she couldn't. Um, but she gave me a hug right before my crash. She saw the whole thing. She went to the hospital. And she did a lot for me. Like when I left the hospital, I couldn't go to the bathroom by myself. So I would have to go to the bathroom about five times a night. I would have to go to the bathroom a lot. And she would have to come with me to the bathroom. She would have to wake up and walk me to the bathroom and then walk me back from the bathroom. Wow. And four sisters and they all were very helpful and my dad was helpful but I think family help is very very important so one of the things that um, we talked about and I want you to just say a little more about it um, is I think I think it was just such a great thing on your part was um, that you worked on being excited about all the different as you were able to come back and do more and more um, you saw those as really great goals that you were trying to to meet, and as milestones, you know that you were passing. Talk about talk about that. Like as you you're continuing yeah. able to do more and more. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a big thing that's important for everyone to do is not look at the long term or where you came from, not say, why did this happen to me? What did I do to deserve this? But instead, look at the short-term goals and where you want to go short-term and set one goal you know you can accomplish for tomorrow and accomplish that goal. And everyone has one thing that they can accomplish tomorrow and one door that they can grab the handle, twist it, and open it up and walk through. So figure out what doors you have now and what goals you can set and move in that direction. I love that. I think that's beautiful. Um, there must have been discouraging times where you, um, you know, uh, saw other people skiing or tell me, tell me about some of those. Yeah, well, the in the winter, it was emotionally challenging for me because all of a sudden, I didn't have a coach. I didn't have competitions. I didn't, I wasn't going to school. I didn't have a job. I didn't really have anything to do. And you think that sounds great, but it lasts being great about a week. And then you go insane because you don't have any timeline you have to follow. And so that was really hard for me. And one situation was there was a Grand Prix, the top-level competition at Park City, and all my friends were here, and it was great to see everyone and everything. But on the competition day, I cried about five times. And if someone said something to me, I would, like, tear up on my responses because it was really hard to, to watch the people who were competing and to know what had happened to me and my opportunities and 
to potentially never compete in a halfpipe competition again, but yet to watch people have the ability to compete in a halfpipe competition, that was really hard. So you might think it was really hard for me to relearn how to walk and move, but I loved the challenge of setting fitness goals and accomplishing fitness goals and moving around. I, I, I liked that, so I was okay with relearning thing in that sense the emotional side of it was really hard for me with the emotional side was really hard yeah but so what um and that was just last winter right that you were yes watching those kind of competitions so where are you now i, I remember you you're in college right well right now i'm very busy, which is good because that was a big struggle for me last winter, was not having anything to do. And now I have tons of stuff to do. I'm going to college at Westminster. I am working at the National Ability Center. I'm working on some private business ventures that are going to be released sometime in the future. I'm working on um, going out and doing some public speaking gigs and stuff like that, to motivate people to live whatever life they want to live and accomplish whatever goals they want to accomplish. And so I've been very busy. I also have been water ramping, which is where you slide, you ski down, and then you flip into a pool. And um, I, like I just mentioned, don't believe in setting any really long-term goals. So I don't know what I'm going to do next winter. I don't have any goals set. I don't want to push it. I used to be very competitive, and I didn't like to take baby steps. I like to jump really fast in directions. You have to evaluate risk versus reward, and my new reward is being happy, healthy, and confident. And so to do that, that means I must stay happy, healthy, and confident. But on water ramping, since it's into a pool, so that's a little bit safer for your head because you're not worrying about hitting your head. It's in a pool so it can go anywhere. But I got to learn front flips and back flips and spins. So that's been really exciting. And whenever I accomplish something, like relearn one of the tricks that I used to be able to do, the first time I do it, I have the biggest smile on my face and I... I just can't wipe it off. I'm just so happy. So that's what I'm doing right now. A lot of stuff. <laughs> that's awesome. So, um, what what made you go? What made you take that journey from last winter of just kind of you're kind of hanging out, thinking, okay, I am seriously bored, <laughs> to being so busy. Can you tell me maybe what made you decide to start college and all that kind of stuff? Sure. Um. So one thing was that I began to realize that I was bored and then I, skiing was great and I had so many opportunities, but I felt like I wasn't doing anything and I felt really bored and restless and I started to go see a therapist and one of the things I talked about with him was potentially going to college and I've gone for two I went for two years 
I took some time off for my ski career, and I'm going back to college. And the last time I went to college, I had a torn ACL. It was actually my injury time was when I started college. So I had the idea that maybe I would repeat that idea, like when I have an injury so I can't ski, I'd go to college instead. And then I've been loving it, and I like the work on that. And then um, I, there's actually a woman who works in charge at the National Ability Center, and she's a family friend. We know her really well for years. She and my mom really wanted me to work at the National Ability Center, and my family actually had made the decision. I didn't know this at the time because Janice contacted me, and so I applied, and I went through all the steps. But my family and Janice, been talking and if I didn't apply to the National Ability Center my mom and sister were going to apply for me <laughs> because they thought it would be a good opportunity to be able to reach out to people help people and I would really love the opportunities they had there and I needed to go back to being busy and so I knew that and my family knew that but I think the biggest thing to do is just find one thing. If it's a new job or going to college or taking an art class or taking ballroom dancing, whatever it is, find a, a passion or work or something that makes you feel like you're accomplishing something again. Because if you don't do anything, it might make you feel restless and like you're not accomplishing enough. Do you have a major picked out at Westminster? Oh, that's a great question. So the last college I went to when I from ACL wasn't Westminster, and I actually was a marketing major, and I still like marketing and business classes, but I also want to add in communications. So my major is going to be more in the business department, but it's going to have communications um, and marketing and sales all intertwined so I can take more like diverse classes than just marketing classes. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. And um, I know you have said that you're kind of taking things a step at a time, but do you have ideas as to what you want to do when you graduate? Yeah, I mean, I do, I do have some ideas. Um, so... My sister and I are starting a nonprofit called First Family Flight, and what it does is it financially supports families who have a family member between the ages of 10 to 30 who goes into a coma due to a traumatic brain injury 100 plus miles from home, and it will financially support the family's food, lodging, and trip expenses. So the family can go to see their child without worrying about the fact that they're losing $10,000 to go see their child or trying to solicit from their community. It just will make it a much calmer situation because that kind of situation, like if you get a call that your child is in a coma, that's your worst fear and you're freaking out and if you have to freak out about the finances as well as the fact that your child is on the verge of death it's just not fair and there is nothing right now that supports the family at the state of the accident there are some non-profits that help your 
recovery and like take up where insurance lets off and I'm a member of a lot of them and they're really, really, really helpful. But there's nothing that helps out the family. Insurance doesn't help out the family. There's nothing that helps out the family if their family member gets hurt and they have to travel to go be with them. Yeah. So I'm going to be working on that. Um, I don't really have definite plans for like my future, but that I'm going to do. I would love because now I have the opportunity um, – to still be skiing and I come to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in Hollywood so I have film training and acting training and I I love being in front of the camera and being a spokesperson so I also would love to become and I've had four gigs but I would love to get into being a motivational speaker and a speaker and talking to different corporations and groups and as well as that, so that's one of my big goals to pursue next year and into the future is I want to turn that into a career path. And next winter, um, on the ski-related side of it, so not competitions, but be in a movie potentially and have my segment be telling my story and inspiring everyone to face their fears and that they can overcome the struggles in their life. So instead of like a competition where it's about the hardest trick you do, it would be mellow tricks and about the storyline and the story that I'm able to tell, not the hardest tricks. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, um, I have a couple more, a few more questions and then unless you can think of anything, I think we'll kind of wrap it up. Um, what would you say to somebody who is kind of in a similar situation to you? Um, what kind of advice do you have for someone? Although I think you've covered a little bit, or you definitely covered it, but if there's anything that you can think of, anything else? Yeah, I did. I did cover it, um, but I want to just remind you to make sure you set one goal for tomorrow you know you can accomplish and accomplish that goal. Take baby steps in the direction you want to go. Believe in yourself. You can go in the direction you want to go. And just stay happy. I think being happy is a big was a big part of wh why I recovered so well, was I looked at everything, and instead of seeing it as depressing or sad, I would look at it in such a way I saw it as inspirational and happy, and like other people might not see it as a good thing, but if you look at it in such a way that you're looking at it positively, then you can make your decisions with a positive mindset, and it will give you way more opportunities. One of the questions that I always ask people at the end of interviews is, what does a traumatic brain injury mean to you? That is a good question, and... I've done a couple different write-ups and interviews with a couple different organizations about a brain injury. For me, personally, um, well, one thing to start it off, I don't think having a traumatic brain injury defines me, so that's not all of who I am. Isn't someone who just had a traumatic brain injury. It was a portion of my life, and it doesn't define my life and also a traumatic brain injury for me 
I had to go through a lot and there was a lot of struggles and a lot of opportunities, but I think I've matured a lot more than uh, I had in the past. I mean, part of it is my age too. I'm 23 and that's what 23 year olds do mature, but it opened my eyes to see the world a little bit differently, like to evaluate the world a bit differently and to see more opportunities where someone else might not see opportunities. But for me, my traumatic brain injury, you might think was depressing and the worst thing that ever happened to me, but because of the opportunities we've received because of it and all the doors have opened, I think it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. And it definitely changed my life, but I don't think it defines my life. And I don't think it negatively impacted my life. I do think it changed it, but I would say it wasn't negative at all. It was just something that happened to me. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Um, and then what do you think is one of the most important lessons that you've learned from your experiences that you'd like to pass on to other people? One of the most important lessons is not to get frustrated when you can't do something. If something doesn't work out for you, not be like, why me? Like, what is this happening? Don't don't get frustrated by some of the depressing things that are happening. Be okay with taking baby steps. Taking baby steps are good, and there are baby steps to take. So don't get depressed when you can't do something. Find little baby steps. Ignore that you can't do it and find baby steps you can walk along that are happy, inspire you, and make you confident about yourself. Awesome. Awesome. Well, anything else that you wanted to cover that we didn't talk about? I don't really think so. I think we talked about a lot. I have the tendency to talk a lot. So any question I'm asked... I respond in detail. Yeah, no, that's great. So that's I awesome. think I basically everything. You did a good job. Awesome. Thank you for joining us on Ability Stories. Please review this podcast in iTunes. To comment on this episode, please go to abilitystories.podbean.com. If you have any show ideas or would like to be a guest on Ability Stories, send an email to abilitystories at gmail.com. And thanks for listening.